life is complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food that you put in your mouth and everything else in your life that nourishes you or doesn't. With special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women over 40 burning out in mission-driven work. Season 1 focused on the food we put in our mouths and a few other parts of our lives that can affect our relationship with that food. In Season 2, we're focusing on conversations with women burning out in mission-driven work, conventional and alternative practitioners who support them, and with others whose lives intersect with them and their organizations in particular with individuals looking to implement innovative ways to fund the holistic health of these women. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good. My mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. This week's episode is brought to you by Rob B., my friend and fellow health coach from across the pond at The Art of Health, and also from The Art of Vibrancy podcast. I was on Rob's podcast a couple weeks ago, so make sure you check that out. We had a lot of fun together. The link to that is in the show notes, as is the link to the webinar that Rob is talking about. And you'll be hearing more from Rob next week on this podcast. Feeling stressed, less bright and breezy than you used to be? Are you worried about your weight, fitness, getting old? Hi, I'm Rob B from The Art of Vibrancy. According to my Fitbit watch, I'm in the top 1% of men my age in the world for cardiovascular fitness. On the last Wednesday of this month, I'll be doing a little online show demonstrating how I stay sharp, vibrant and healthy just by doing a few simple, enjoyable things every day. My unique three-part method includes delightful treats for your body and for your mind. I'll talk about nourishment, adventure, and creativity. Or to put it simply, food, fitness, and fun. So, what's David Bowie or the film Easy Rider got to do with it all? Well, you can find out by tuning in on the last Wednesday of this month at 4.30pm London time. I can promise you an enjoyable and valuable 40 minutes. Click the link to join me there. Bye. Hello, I'm here today with Lisa Dahl. And Lisa is a certified intuitive eating health coach a workshop facilitator and meal planning expert. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Through intuitive eating, she helps women make peace with their food and body. Lisa helps women to learn how to listen, trust, and respect their body, resulting in being happy, healthy, and confident at any size. She combines nutritional coaching, accountability, and implementing one small change at a time to achieve long-term sustainability. Lisa runs Lisa Doll Wellness, where she conducts her signature program, Body Peace and Food Freedom, and conducts one-on-one coaching with a small group experience. She has certifications in intuitive eating from the original Intuitive Eating Pros, Evelyn Triboli, and Health and Wellness. She's a facilitator through Be Body Positive and Gratefulness.org. She's trained in motivational interviewing and continuously advances her education in nutrition, coaching, and mindfulness. 
Lisa's coaching philosophy is to ditch the diet and focus on progress, not perfection. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited because as I read your bio, I'm just like, oh, you speak my language. <laughs> so it's much in common. Nice to find people that you, know, like you just kind of like align with. So this yes. is perfect. Yes, it's great. So I have warned you, my first question is all about kale and kryptonite. So tell us what your kale is. What's the one thing that you try to do on a daily basis because you know it's good for your health? The one thing that I really focus on is movement. And I use the word movement versus exercise. So it is whether it is a hike in the woods with the dog, whether it's running on outside or on the treadmill or strength training, it's what's going to make me feel good. But movement is the key component of how I start my day. Mm, I love that. So tell me a little bit more about movement because you listed a bunch of different things that you do. Tell me, do you have a sort of schedule or do you get to the day part of the day where you move and think, huh, what do I want to do today? Somewhere in between. So I used to be prior to being an intuitive eating health coach, I was extraordinarily re regimented. It was this day you do that. And there was no checking in with my body. It was, this is what's on the calendar. This is what you're doing. Now it is, I typically will alternate between running, walking, um, strength training, and it's really a balance. I mean, I'm 55. Some days my body feels like amazing and I can go and do intervals. Some days my body's like, you just need to stretch. Like, mm, I love this. And other days we have a six month old puppy and my partner typically takes her out for an hour walk and it's outside in nature. And some days I'm like, you know what? I need to join in too. Mm. And it's become his thing because it's the first time since we've been together in 10 years that gets him up and moving. And I just love the fact that they have this amazing connection. So I really foster that. And sometimes I'm like, wait, I need to go too. Like I need <laughs> hike together on the weekends. So we'll hike or mountain bike on the weekends. And that's really our together time so that we can combine the movement and togetherness. Mm. Um, in my old days, it was, I need to work out and everything else is a separate entity. Now they, they come together and it's just part of a, a daily lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. And it really speaks to some of the things that I talk about with my clients a lot, which is number one, tune into what's right for you right now. You may have done a lot of much more intense exercise in the past. And now it's more like maybe gentle movement is a better word for it. <laughs> and then there are days where you feel great. All right. Well, the flip side of kale, of course, is kryptonite. So what's the one thing that sometimes sneaks in that you know is probably not the best choice? I'm going to say sleep is my challenge. Mm. Where I, you know, I'm assuming I, you mean lack of. <laughs> yeah, definitely lack of. Um, if it was my client, if I was my client, I would say, you know, when you get that sleepy feeling and you're sitting on the couch at 10 o'clock at night, it's really okay to give yourself permission to go to bed. Um, I, I don't listen very well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because we are in general, I think as coaches, we are usually our own worst clients, right? So, <laughs> do as um, I say, not as I do. <laughs> so sleep is definitely the thing that I am most challenged with. It's mm -hmm. the time that my partner and I are, you know, we sit down on the couch and I put my feet up and he rubs my feet and, you know, we're watching junk TV 
And I'm not, even though I'm half asleep half the time, I'm not ready to go into bed and shift there. Yeah. And I do know that that extra hour of real sleep would probably make a difference and be good for me. Yeah. So <laughs> that love-hate relationship. Right. Yeah. I think that's really, really common. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you came to do what you do, because it's sometimes a very long and, and intricate sort of everything suddenly comes together at the end story. And some people are like, I knew from the moment I was born what I was going to do. <laughs> so tell us what you do and what it is exactly. Um, so long-winded path, so I will try to keep it short. So I have been dieting since the time that I'm 12 years old and being consumed with how my body looked has always been part of all I've known. Fast forward, I have a degree in hotel restaurant management. I've had my own catering business, which I love and had a passion for. And one of my homes, we had two kitchens so I could legally work from home, raise my children and everything was amazing. My business was flourishing. And then I asked for a divorce and I lost my house. I lost my kitchen. It became too complicated. I needed routine. I needed a steady paycheck and I merged my business into another company. And it was, you know, like, what are your choices? And the choice of security outweighed the choice of being happy. So I worked for a couple of different companies for a few years and it was as I expected. Um, I wasn't loving it. All the things that I love to do about my business dissipated. And during this time, I met my partner who I've now been with for 10 years. And when we decided to live together, he gave me the most amazing gift, which was time. And because I'd always been interested in health and wellness and food and nutrition, not really knowing that I had my own disordered eating, I was like, oh, I'll become a personal trainer. And I did that and I was like, well, the muscle thing, not my forte. And I discovered health and wellness coaching, which was like, oh my God, this is for me. And I really found my path. And I thought I was gonna help women just like me lose weight. And then I discovered another type of health and wellness coaching, which is intuitive eating. And I realized how disordered and how controlled my life had become based on the constant need to shrink my body and the roller coaster of dieting. And I realized how freaking crazy it was in the diet culture. And I went for my certification for intuitive eating and it changed my life personally and professionally. And now when I hear diet and weight loss, it just then shivers down my spine on the damage that we are doing to women and to ourselves and how do we find who we are within our head and our heart and not the vessels in which we are born into. Mm, that is so beautiful the way you said that. Uh, so yeah, I, and I have to laugh because so often I think, you know, as coaches so often, like our mess becomes our message. Like we end up coaching exactly what we need to learn ourselves. <laughs> we are our own worst clients, right? <laughs> yes. There and it makes us. It, it's, and I don't want to. It's we talk about authenticity. I just believe so much in my heart from my own experience and now from education on what a difference having freedom to eat. And to making peace with food makes such a difference in my everyday life. And yeah. I just wish that for so many women. 
and the language that they use for their children to cut the cycle and to create a different space for our children going up. Mm, yes, that's so important. And I, I really, really appreciate what you're saying because I, I think very often when we think about disordered eating, we think about you know the person who's binging or overeating and controlling your food intake is just as just as damaging and probably even less talked about. Um, so normal. Yes. Yeah. And it's sort of a way of saying my life is spinning out of control, but oh, look, here's one area in which I can really control. I can control my body. I can control what it looks like, how, how much it weighs and how much Until I eat. Yes. Yeah. We all focus on, you know, and one of the biggest lessons that I have learned is and I know the damage, not realizing the damage that it did to me, is that when we see somebody, like the first thing that we say is that we comment on somebody's body. Yeah. Oh my God, you look amazing. Oh, this, oh, that. Yeah. What we don't know is, are they in the middle? Are they grieving? Did they lose somebody? Do they have an illness? Are we promoting their eating disorder? Mm -hmm. We don't know what is behind that, that body. Yeah. And, you know, and something I still catch myself on really working on saying, oh, I'm so glad to see you. It makes <gasps> me happy to see you. I was just going to ask you, having gone there, what, what have you come up with in, instead of, wow, you look amazing. <laughs> right. How do we change that greeting? Yeah. And because, you know, all of a sudden on the flip side, you see somebody and you're like, oh, maybe they don't look so great anymore. Like, or, you know, if somebody, if you do notice a change, you know, tell me, how are you? What's going on in your life? You know, how do you ask those questions that really have a meaning as opposed to just a judgment? Mm -hmm. They already know how they feel in their body. Open yeah. that space up to invite yourself into that conversation of intimacy so mm -hmm. that you can, can change that level and have a real conversation. Mm, beautiful. Yes. So ask, ask what we call high mileage questions, right? Not the yes or no, <laughs> but not just how are you, but how are you really? Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. And yeah. I remember I was in the middle of my divorce and I lost a ton of weight and people always complimented me and like, you look great like this. And I'm, and because I was such a crazy nut, it inspired me and it kept me from, you know, kept me being able to starve myself. Yeah. And then after the fact, people were like, oh, we were worried you had cancer. We, were, <sighs> so we knew I was going through divorce. It wasn't something I just outwardly said. Yeah. And had somebody just said, you know, hey, how are you? Yeah. Like, I would have probably just been in tears and you would have known something isn't right. Right. Yes. Uh, I love that this comes up. You and I met through Pepper Lane and I, I'm sure you've come across um, Susan Tribby, who is a, a divorce coach. Yes. And yes, she had even. something very similar to say where she says, you know, when I hear somebody's getting divorced, I no longer say, oh, I'm so sorry, because sometimes there's nothing to be sorry about. Like, it's a good thing. And it really just what you said just brings home this idea that we're so used to. We just have these throwaway sort of, hey, how are you? Like, hey, you look great. Oh, I'm so sorry. And you don't really think about the deeper message behind that. 
Right. I look at my divorce and it was the best gift I ever gave my children. It was yeah. the best gift I ever gave myself. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing partner and our relationship are, we live and it's quiet and it's peaceful. Yeah. And I don't even recognize that crazy person who used to be yelling and screaming. And if I ever raised my voice to my partner, he would just look at me and say, you know what? I don't think there's anything left to say. I'm going to go pack my bag and leave. Yeah. Not yeah. to say, not to say that we have this magical, oh my God, never have a different right. or different of opinion. It is the ability to, to be heard and to be able to speak. Yeah. And know when you're not ready to speak and to respect that silence so that things don't come out that are hard, that are mm. harmful and hurtful. And my divorce was the best gift I've ever. Yeah. Yeah, such a good reminder that that part of our our job as coaches and I think just as human beings in general is to just hold that space for people, hold a safe space. Absolutely. Don't fill it with your own stuff. <laughs> it's not it's not for us to judge. Yeah. How do we yeah. curious creatures versus judgmental ones? Yeah. So back to the idea of intuitive eating and and sort of ditching the diet mentality. Um I work predominantly with women who are burning out in mission-driven work. And I'm curious to know, I'm sure that you have quite a few clients in this, in this field, because I think we just have a lot in common. (laughs) So tell me what, when you think about these women who are burning out, especially the, the sort of what I call the chronic caregivers, the ones who spend their days in service industries or in healthcare or in nonprofits. So basically serving people all day long and then they come home and, oh, look, here's a whole nother population who needs your help and your service. (laughs) No wonder they're burning out, but tell me what you have noticed. What are the commonalities among these women? It's about perfectionism. Mm, Yes. You know, the good girl syndrome. How do we please everybody? And it gets lost from there. How do we flip it by saying, I always refer to it as the ripple effect of self-care. When you put yourself first, when you give yourself permission to remove the word self-care and selfish, it opens up the door. And that when you are nourished emotionally, mentally, physically, in all the ways that we need to be nourished, you have so much more capacity to give and support those around you. Mm. And when you flip that message of everyone else first, why me? The question is, why not me? Yeah. What would, why? Where, where did you lose value to be just as important as everybody who you are taking care of? Mm, yeah, that's a very succinct way of putting it. Yeah, perfectionism and people pleasing and that that good girl thing. And and we're doing this job in a lot of in a lot of ways. We step into that work because we know that we can we're good at it. We're good I, at this, it. And this is what we do. Know, we tend and mend and nurture. Right. You know, patriarchy yeah. at its finest. Here we yeah. are as women. This is what it's expected of us. And we're supposed to look like like this too. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. So through your work, how, how do you approach that? I really, I take a very client centered approach. I do not tell my clients what to do. I help them discover what is best for them. What's best for me is not best for them. My life is my thing, my good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's take, let's help you identify what's your good, bad, and ugly. And what is your next step? And what is, 
what is the least that you can do? What is the minimum that you can do that's going to start to make a shift? Oh, I love that so much. What's the minimum you can do? How many times do we ask the question that way? Ah, uh, never. Right. It's always, you know, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I know I need to start taking, you know, feel better. I need to be, you know, quote unquote healthy. And then you get caught into healthism and a whole other yes. perfectionist thing. Yeah. And I'm going to go to the gym. Well, how many times are you going to the gym now? Well, none. I don't have any time. I'm going to make time seven days a week. I'm going, oh my God, I'm getting stressed just listening to you. Yes. <laughs> How do you break it down? Maybe it's just practicing putting on your sneakers when you come home at the end of the day where you start to find snippets of time. Yeah. Maybe it's a walk to the mailbox where, how do you find the, the minimal amount that you can do that it feels like you're on the path towards change? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that too. So much because it's, it's just like you said, perfectionism and aiming too high are just such a lethal combination. And coming from the nonprofit world where I wrote a lot of grants, I like to say, you know, apply the same philosophy to your own health activities, which is under promise and over deliver. <laughs> You know, if you're going to tell me that you're going to go to the gym seven days a week and work out for an hour, I'm going to look at you and say, really? When and why haven't you been doing it? <laughs> but if you tell me I'm going to go once, I'll bet you'll go twice, you know, and then you can reward yourself and celebrate yourself instead of beating yourself up. Like I only went five times. Like, oh, I went twice. And I said, I was only going to go once. <laughs> How many times, you know, I'm so overwhelmed. What are your expectations? Yeah. Remove the overwhelm. Look at your expectations mm. and those expectations into things that don't create that anxiety and that angst that you get in the pit of your belly mm. you have to go do all these things how do we change that conversation yeah yeah and i think one one really important question to ask around expectations and i love that you brought them up is whose expectations are those just from my own experience, you know, I had this one day where I came home, I was working full time and I came home from work and like the, the breakfast and lunch dishes were still in the sink. And my husband, who is an academic and was home all day is standing at the counter, like scrolling on his phone. And I was just like, really? <laughs> I'm about to make dinner and I really can't because all the dishes are in the sink, you know? And of course, do I say that? No, I'm thumping around. I'm being passive aggressive. you know. <laughs> and he looks at me and he says, What's wrong? Don't you want to just take a few minutes between work and, and work at home and just take a few minutes and relax? And I was like, oh my gosh, didn't even occur to me. It was just like, I just assumed, you know, I come home, I make dinner, dinner's on the table by 530. And that was not his expectation at all. And yet it was in my mind, like, this is what I do because I'm a good mother. I'm a good wife. <laughs> So just asking, where is that expectation coming from? I think is a huge part to shifting that conversation. It's, and dinner is such a trigger for so many people. And, and it is about the expectations. And it's funny that you bring that, you know, you talk about that because, you know, dinner, I, I'm a foodie. I mean, I've had a catering business. I host meal planning workshops. Like I'm all about food. And because I've always been all about food, the kitchen has been my domain and it wasn't typical for me to expect my children to undo the dishwasher because I was doing the dishwasher. I was running my dishwasher probably three times a day. 
So it always fell into me. And then in the last few years, things shifted, especially during COVID. And I had two grown kids living home. And I said, you know, here's the deal. I don't do breakfast. I don't do lunch. I will make dinner because that's okay. Yes. And I'm not cleaning it up. So everybody- oh my gosh, you and I live parallel lives. I don't think we've even talked about this, but I used to be a caterer also. Uh, <laughs> I also teach meal planning. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yes. And so it's so funny because you're exactly right. Because we come from those fields, it's just sort of this expected thing. And boy, it was it was eye-opening for my kids when my husband moved to Hong Kong to work and all of a sudden mom's just like, nope, not making breakfast or lunch. It's on you. (laughs) And now that it's just my partner and I, it's the two of us and we eat late and that just works for us. Yep. And he will say, you know, like, how late are you working? And I'm like, I need like another half. And he's like, okay, that's perfect. I'll come in and I will help you chop. So my responsibility is typically planning because that's what I do. Um, and when I really am kind of like, what do I want? I'm like, here's a choice between A, B, and C, just pick one. <laughs> pick one and get started. I'll be with you in a sec. <laughs> and, but we, you know, it's like we make dinner now and dinner now takes a half an hour versus an hour because I have somebody chopping onions and whatever else we're doing. And my computer is open. There's the recipe. You don't need to ask me anything. Just read. Here's what you need. Here's, and we have, a, and it's become such a lovely experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really a moment of, I call this intentional multitasking. Like we, we're not good at multitasking, but what I call intentional multitasking or mindful multitasking is like, oh, spending quality time together and making dinner, <laughs> spending quality time together and moving our bodies that, that works, you know, that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what about being an intuitive eating coach and a woman? either astonishes or excites, disturbs, challenges you, go anywhere you want with that. (laughs) It's something that I think a lot about actually, and learning about intuitive eating has just opened my eyes to how I always thought about myself as a woman and where my insecurities were. Um, I grew up with an older brother who always had to be the smartest one in the room. Um, He's a now world-class surgeon and always made me feel less than. And the things that I could control were my weight and my body. Mm. And that's what I was recognized for. Um, And in between the ups and the downs, I mean, I have been, I know this isn't on, you know, but I don't like to use numbers, but I have been on both sides of the spectrum. And how, and it's taken a long time for me to understand that my value is really within my head and my heart. And I really find it so important and empowering to help other women to understand that their value is between their head and their heart. Our bodies are just the vessels that we landed in. We have no control over our DNA. We have no control over so many environmental factors nutrition and movement are only 15, 15% of what makes up our whole body health. Diet culture isn't telling you that. Diet culture is just telling you that there is something wrong with your body because they are making money. Right, yeah. How do we, so it has become my passion and my mission. And you know, I kind of get caught up with 
you know, bashing diet culture because it is a money-making industry. And yes, as a health coach, I still need to support myself. So yes, you do pay me for my services, except that I help you discover who you are from the inside out and to find your value within your head and your heart and not to, and to create that freedom. And I create, you know, body peace and food freedom, which is really priceless because yeah. when you are trapped in a body that you hate, nothing is enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you, you brought up a really interesting point for me, which is, you know, the, the sort of diet industrial complex, you know, really is, it is a capitalist venture. And, you know, the, the whole, the, the pandemic has brought up so much of what is wrong with our culture and, you know, so many things we can look at and say, yeah, capitalism is pretty much at the root of all evil. Right? And when people sort of raise their eyebrows that, oh, you're going to charge me to coach me about my health. <laughs> I, I like to, to think about it as, you know, as a nonprofit, if you are really going to fulfill your vision and mission, you will in the process, make yourself obsolete. Like when that social change has happened, your work is done. Right. I like to think about health coaching kind of the same way because my, my past is in nonprofit. So I draw a lot of these analogies, but it's like, if I do my job as a health coach, you will pay me X amount of dollars and I will never see you again because I am teaching you the life skills you need to be healthy. I'm teaching you a new language around getting healthy. And then bye-bye. You might need to come back and do a maintenance session once in a while, just to, you know, a little mindset shift, whatever, but you are not going to be paying me year after year after year like you are paying these diet companies and the detox yeah. and the cleanses and the meal plans and the this and the that's like you are they keep you stuck paying for them. So if you think about it that way, it's like my job is to make myself obsolete in your life. <laughs> that is and that is exactly it is I teach you like I use this word body speak. I teach mm. you to learn to speak and have a language with your body. It oh, is like that. learning. It's like learning a, far, a foreign language. You, have, you know what? My first job was teaching foreign language. And I so often bring that up. It's like, I use so much of those language skills and language tips, like how to change your language to speak about your health and to your body. So yeah. it's just really right in line with what I talk about. It's like teaching somebody a foreign language. Yeah. I just wrote a blog post about learning to speak um, belly love and how oh. you have a relationship with your belly. And I use the analogy of, you know, you're learning a new foreign language. You have no idea what those words mean. Yeah. How do you be quiet and listen yeah. and start to understand the signals because our bodies have so much to say if we were just quiet and hear the language and hear oh. the messages are trying to come out with. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So the last question actually flows perfectly from that, which is pick an audience and speak to that audience in a language they will understand and answer the question. What do you believe could reduce the amount and the level of burnout among women in mission-driven fields? And you're welcome to use the language of an intuitive eating coach, but speak to either the women or their organizations, their bosses, policymakers. Who do you have a message for that will help women to stop burning out? I think the message is directly to the women and that 
it's really up to us to learn to be empowered, to be able to understand what is best for you, that you are the expert on you. You may need to dig and discover and, and have a lot of angst in that journey. How do you switch from judging yourself and being on that treadmill to taking that deep breath and approaching yourself with curiosity and asking yourself, what is working? What isn't working? Why isn't it working? Allow yourself, because you are an expert on so many things. Take a step back and learn to be the expert on yourself. Give yourself permission to get to know who you are without judgment. Learn to speak to yourself the way that you would to your best girlfriend or your child or whoever it is that you are intimate and loving with. Turn yourself into that person and be kind and compassionate and go on that journey of discovery to see what your next step is so that you feel whole and empowered. Beautiful. Mic drop moment right there. <laughs> Beautifully said. So tell us, where can we find you? What do you offer? What have you gotten? coming up for us? So right now, I, I always offer one-on-one -on -one coaching so that it is your personal journey. And I just launched um, my Body Peace and Food Freedom program, which will be launching again every few months. So I don't know when this is going to hit. So it just go to my website, lisadollwellness.com. And doll is D-A-H-L. And it'll either say sign up now or wait list so that you know, um, I offer a free discovery call to make sure that we are the right fit for each other. Don't just assume that because I'm a health coach, I'm the right person for you. It needs to be the right fit for both of us. We spend a lot of time together. Um, so my Body Peace and Food Freedom Program is a six month one-on-one -on -one program with a small group experience. So we meet weekly and we teach and talk and discuss. And then every other week we dig deep and take the, that information and see how we can apply it to where you are in your health and wellness journey. Um, we talk about at the end of those six months, you're gonna be able to stop dieting, be comfortable in your own body as you dismantle diet culture, be able to accept yourself, understand that weight does not determine good health, stop the all or nothing thinking, eliminate or reduce emotional eating, and most importantly, learning how to listen, trust, and respect your body. Excellent. All right. And I'll make sure to link up to those in the uh, show notes. We'll send them to your website. And if there's a direct link for the, for the program itself, I'll put that in as well. So thank you so much for being with me today, Lisa. That was amazing. It was so fun to just discover like, wow, we have a lot in common, not just currently, but in the past. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like-minded people about. find each other. Yes, exactly. That's the way the universe works. So thanks again for being with me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. And Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker LLC neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? 
you can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.